0: Welcome back to another episode of Speaking Literally, where the books speak for themselves. I'm Holly. And I'm Liz. I thought maybe you forgot your name there for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a long week. It's cold, <laughs> it's, it's cold and we're tired. Um, exactly. And it's December. It's our final episode of 2022, which is just inconceivable okay. that we're already here. Um,
1: where has this year gone? Seriously, it's just it, how are we literally less than a month away till 2023? I've already started writing 2023 for some of my clients at work. Oh my it's gosh, just, it's weird. It is. I
0: can't get used to it. I know. And it's just, and it'll be here before, before we know it. And, you know, we were talking oh, before we started really recording, good. you know, this, this is our final, um, episode of the year. And so I know I'm already looking forward to our January show where we do our year in review and, yeah. um, and that. we, we get all judgy judgy on our books that we've read. <laughs> Uh, and, and, we, and we see how similar we are, how, yep. many, how many we have. It's exactly the same. <laughs> exactly. Because I think we've already <laughs> talked about that. We have a feeling that our favorite book of the year may be the same, yeah. just like last year. So we'll see. December's I mean, not over yet.
1: Yeah. So, we But could... I mean, House and Cerulean Sea, that was always going to be your favorite one for last year. I know.
0: Oh, were, it yeah. was no contest. No contest. Absolutely no contest. Nope. And I don't <laughs> know. It's like and I feel like for this year, I don't know with my favorite if anything's going to beat it, but um we'll we'll leave the the teasing and the and everything right there. All we will All I want to say in. though. <laughs> uh-huh. All
1: I want to say though is that if it does end up to be the one we we've discussed, it's quite funny cuz last year's one was from your recommendation to me. This year's one is my recommendation to you. Yep.
0: So it's like I like it. I know. So that means the, the pressure's on for me to recommend a good one next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to find a good one. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, we're going to do kind of a special holiday episode today because there's so many holiday books out there um, that we really haven't, you know, really dove into and of course, our main segment of the show is our book club. So we'll be joined by, uh, unfortunately, uh, Jen won't be able to join us on this episode. She, um, is traveling to care for an ill, her ill mother-in-law who has COVID and pneumonia. So, um, thoughts and prayers to her family for a speedy recovery. Um, but Jen will be joining us and we'll be talking later today about just like magic um by Sarah Um Hogel. So You mean Steph? Uh Steph will be joining us. <laughs> Did I say Jen was gonna be Jen's not joining <laughs> us because Jen is taking care of her mother-in-law. Steph will be joining us. <laughs> it's, it's, it's early for me over here in Arizona. <laughs> um, oh, my brain. Okay. But we are going to talk about some holiday books. But before we talk about any holiday books, we obviously just wrapped up November, um, which is um, um so National Novel Writing Month. So I know that last month we both talked about trying to, to participate a little bit and get some writing done. Um, obviously... Life is crazy. We have, you know, unfortunately, we have real, real jobs, real day jobs. We can't quit and write. Um. So, yeah. Liz, did were you able to get any writing done? How do you feel about what you got done?
1: I did do some. Uh, I know I did like nothing compared to your number, uh, cause I keep watching your number go up like every day during that time. Um, I finished on 4,802 words. So, I mean, not even 10% of the thing. Uh, but to be fair, house hunting has taken up kind of most of my life right now. So it has been a, a manic month. Um, but yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed it. It was nice to kind of get it back into Raiji again. Um, I'm not sure about my story right now. I'm kind of, I've got to the point of doubting myself, like I'm sure all writers do. I've got to the point where I'm thinking, is this where I want to go? Is this what I want to write? So I'll I'll mull it over. Um, and, I mean, I might write a bit more of it and kind of see how it goes, see how I feel. But, yeah, so 4,802 is my, my final count. Um, come on, Holly. Show me up.
0: Show me your, your <laughs> well, but number. here's the thing. Like, you know, we are busy. And, you know, you got – over four thousand words written, so I mean that's a great a great start um like what I wrote this month is it it's i didn't complete it i didn't write every day um yeah. you know, and it's probably the most i've I've written in probably twenty five years so um uh, but I did write wow. i i probably i it's just over thirteen thousand that i that I ended the month with wow. um that's really good thanks like i'm um i'm really i i really do like it. I know that mm-hmm. just like any first draft it's you know if I ever actually end up finishing it, it's gonna have to be revised like you know and torn apart and slaughtered and <laughs> You know, reassembled, <laughs> yeah. um, like any any book process goes through. But um, but I I like my story, and there there were there were some points during the month and during writing where I I probably could have had time to fit in some writing, but I was at a point like you, where it's like I just yeah. I wasn't sure where I was going. Like I wasn't sure what needed to come next. Um, and you know, like over the year and a half we've been doing the show now, we've talked to. Several authors, and they all have a different writing process, and some will outline out their entire story. Some will just have, like, sticky notes on a wall that say, here are some of my big events that I know I need to happen. Some people just, just write and see where it goes. Um, so it's it, it's it's interesting because I'm coming, like, as I write, I'm coming up with some of those big points. Like, I, I, I kind of know, like, how I want my story to end, but I'm not quite sure yet how I'm going to get there. So as I'm writing, okay. like, so I, I, so it's funny because I have this little notebook. So every time I like talk about something new, I have to write it down or I'm going to forget that I want this character to do this like in two weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and then I, I even started writing and I didn't even have all my characters. I didn't have names for things. <laughs> and I'm just like naming people, naming places <laughs> as, as, as I go. So it could be like complete yeah. trash, um, but I'm having fun writing it. So,
1: and does it feel good to to get it all done finally?
0: Yeah, and you know, and it's this has kind of been like I've been wanting to get back to writing for a while. Yeah. Um, and it was probably almost a year ago. Well, no, not maybe. I think maybe over the summer. Um, but I did post like I have a lot of story ideas. So I did that post mm. where I had people vote. Here's like the first sentence of five of my story ideas. Which yeah. one should I work on? Which one should I start with? And, you know, people on Instagram and Facebook, you know, all voted and it gave me lots of got lots of feedback. And the winning sentence from that is what I'm writing right now. So, nice. yeah, so it's kind of cool. Exciting. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, I'm
1: pretty good. And look, we write, we write in National Love, in Nanny I may say,
0: exactly important thing. <laughs> we both participated and you know exactly. like and as you said you know you're going to kind of try to continue and see where yours takes you and yeah. i want to continue mine so just because it's not november anymore doesn't mean we can't keep writing <laughs> exactly so all right so that's um where we are as as writers i do think we're much more successful readers right now than we are writers <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: I say so. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump into holiday books. It's you know the show's coming out on December Monday, December fifth, very beginning of you know December and the holiday season. Uh, I know that books have been coming out and people have already started like diving into these these holiday rom com type books. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of the Hallmark Christmas movies and the movie marathons um so so liz um how how are you feeling about your holiday reading and getting it kicked off or have you already started uh, well obviously we've started because our book club book pick is (laughs) is the holiday uh, yeah (laughs) um no i i love that's one of my
1: favorite things about december is i love the holiday reads I think I read must have been about six holiday books last year, and um, they're just they're easy, they're quick, they're fun, they're just they're like a hallmark movie, I which know. I have like fallen in love with, and I have I need to watch some more this year. <laughs> but yeah, I I know I absolutely love them, and I'm really forward to it. I haven't got any this year. Um, and because obviously we, we are kind of in the process of moving, loads of my books are bo- boxed up, so it gives me an excuse to go into town tomorrow and, and look for some Christmas reads. <laughs> but I do have a few that kind of I've looked around on like Amazon and Goodreads um, to kind of give me some ideas about which ones that I'm particularly um, interested in. So
0: yeah. So what are you?
1: Um, so what's
0: on your? What's made your list for this year? What are some ones that you're considering reading?
1: Uh, there's one called a Merry Little Meat Meat Cube.
0: Oh, I saw that one too. That one sounds really cute. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe it actually it. has a map. I I saw someone, oh, yeah, yes. I saw someone post uh, on Instagram, and it had like a little, uh, like just not not like a huge elaborate map like yeah. you'll see in a fantasy book, but still like a little map and everything is like named after like you know christmas oh, yeah. and wintry things so like it's like okay sant um, chapel and things so mm-hmm. i have to get that then i have to get that <laughs> <laughs> um
1: there's another one called i think we wrote we read this author last year maggie
0: knox wasn't that holiday? yes yeah, she has that new books all i want for christmas <laughs> yes Yep, that's I'm on my list it. too <laughs> yep um that looks really good um
1: and i did oh i don't know where the other one's gone um there was another one uh, but I do like sound of that one that you were talking to me about the Christmas suit. That one sounds perfect, oh. so I might have to hunt that down.
0: Yeah. Um. And isn't um the the merry little um what is it the merry little uh, meat cute meat meet cute meat cute? Isn't that the one? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's funny because I keep I read that title all the time and I'm like this title does not make sense to me. Um. I really yeah. yeah no, it does because meat cute is it's, it's, you've seen the holiday, haven't you? yes
1: they talk about a meet cute there don't they which is where two characters come together who both kind of are looking for different things but they join together
0: it just doesn't make sense to me
1: Oh, there was another one, actually. Uh, there was one that, because I actually got it free on Prime last, this month, um, called The Cottage in the Highlands, because I love Ooh. Christmas um, romances set in, like, Scotland, because it makes it more magical. I think it's the snow and the castles and and all the, like, the highlands. So, yeah, that's another one that's on my list for this year.
0: Isn't uh, anyway, the the merry meet cute, isn't that the one that has, um, cause I, I think I really kind of, like, giggled at the at the characters and can't wait to see how it all plays out but is this the one that has like the um adult film is that um the main character yeah, yeah, yeah. she's it's, an adult yeah, film the, actress and film
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like it's going to be hilarious i think
0: it's I, also a bit steamy as well so i mean christmas steam romance heck yeah me up. <laughs> and you know and, it, and, it, and it's funny because it's like um this is probably the only time of the year and then this type of like context where I think of like adult film stars and the first thing I think of is the movie Love Actually. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> because what a great Christmas movie that movie is and you know there's a, the the adult film stars in that one. Um but yeah, so so anything else on that has made your list for this um, year?
1: I mean there probably there will be other ones. I haven't found any more yet. But as I say, I'll go be going into town tomorrow, and I'll be looking at the Christmas shelves, seeing what I can uh, what I can get. Um, how about you? What else have you got in there? So oh, I- oh, do you know, there, there was another one. Um, I think it's something like a very merry bromance.
0: Oh like. yes. So I looked at that one too, and, and so here's the thing about that one: that is book five of a series i saw that but they did say you can read it as a standalone that's what i was wondering because it but, sounds yeah. like because it's like the bromance club so i was wondering if yeah. each of the books of the series is about one of the different guys in their little like bromance group so that it might be able to be read um yeah. separately because that one i saw that one i thought that one looked cute too um yeah so well yeah, I, so I read a review and i said that they said that you can read it as a standalone. Okay. Uh, so maybe okay. I'll have to go back and maybe add it to my list. So I've already read a couple so far this year. Obviously just like Magic which we're going to talk oh, yeah. about. Um but then I did uh Net Galley um a book the from uh, Lin- uh Lindsey Kelk. I did her The Christmas oh, yeah. Wish. Um which which we'll talk about when we kind of talk about our recommendations for books we've already read. But so far coming up, um I also have The All I Want for Christmas by Maggie Knox. Um, because you it know, it has
1: to be done. Yeah,
0: holiday swap last year was so good. It was, it was really, really cute.
1: I bought. It, I bought it. Didn't I bought, buy you that one for Christmas? No. I was like,
0: you have to. You what know, but you made done? me read it. Like that was, maybe that was the one. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. it was the Santa suit that you recommended, but I think it was the Christmas or the holiday wedding. swap. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but I, I read it and it <laughs> was, it was one. super cute because, you know, and I love the whole so the baking piece of it, Um, which <laughs> leads me to one of my other books I have on my list this year to read is Jack and Frost Bake Off. By Amanda P. Jones, and so it's Rival Bakers, and you know, in a, in a rea- like reality TV, Rival Bakers. So I'm like, mm, sign me up because. Uh, yes. <laughs> exactly because okay. that was one of the things I, I I'm loved. Adding it. I'm adding it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I told you you'd probably add something. It's on, it's on Kindle Unlimited as well. Oh, there you go. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Um yeah, so that one's on my list. All I want for Christmas by Amanda nice. Knox is on my list. And my third one um was one that you didn't mention, but it's it's Meet Me Under the Mistletoe and it's by Jenny Bayliss. And so last yeah, year I um I read the um Jenny Bayliss wrote The 12 Dates of Christmas. Okay. And so I read this one, The Twelve Dates of Christmas, last year and just absolutely adored it. It was the cutest Christmas book. Mm. Um, and so I saw that she had a new one coming out. So definitely made it on my list. So those are kind of my big um, three. But I think I'm going to have to go back and add the bromance, um, a Mary bromance to my list now that I know that I can read it as a standalone. Nice.
1: Well, uh, I mean, there is. Um, I think Christy Barley might be having another one out in December. So if that one comes out soon, I might have to get that one as well.
0: Mm, yeah, I can see that.
1: am pretty sure that comes out. But yeah, no, that yeah, I saw the um, Jenny Bayless one on the, one of the lists and that's, that does look pretty
0: really good. Mm-hmm. It looks cute. <laughs> so, um, but we've kind of talked about, I think you brought it up in a holidays by Christina Lauren. Did you mention that one yet? We read it last year, I believe we spoke about it. Yeah. Just for the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, we <laughs> talked. Yeah. One. So the the, in the holidays. So th- this was one we both read last year, like I said, by uh, Christina Lauren, who we know isn't one person. It's, mm-hmm. it's two people who co-wrote it. But, um, what I liked about this one, which I thought was cute and original was that it was like the groundhog day. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, is that, was that kind of like the pull for you to get into this one? What what was it about in a holidays that made you?
1: Yeah, I think because it was, it was different. It was unique from the ones that we read. It wasn't just your kind of standard traditional Christmas romance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked that whole Groundhog Day because also they did it without it being boring. Because mm-hmm. sometimes with these Groundhog Day books, it can just get so repetitive and tedious. But it didn't feel like that with that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And um, the Christmas Wish by Lindsay Kelk, which just was just released within the last couple of weeks, um, mm. so I got it through NetGalley, and I really wanted to read it because it was a Christmas book, and so I requested it. And it wasn't until I really kind of got into it that I really realized that it was a ground. It was. It's also a Groundhog Day book, and like you said, sometimes Groundhog Day books are like boring and it's just like it becomes too repetitive but what i really liked about the christmas wish and if you've read anything by Lindsay kelk then this was the first thing i'd read by her but i've heard good things okay. you'll probably really like this one um because yes it's a groundhog day book but every time she starts the day over the whole point is she thinks that she has to figure out everybody in her family's like christmas wish and grant their Christmas wish in order to break the curse. So she tries to figure out every day. She picks a different family member and is like, okay, mm-hmm. this is the person whose wish I have to figure out and, and help may come true because this person will help me break the curse. And so she keeps, like, repeating, um, focusing on a different family member, and it ends up, you know, bringing the family closer together. But it's, it's hilarious because – Every day then she has different interactions with the different people yeah. and it you know sometimes oh, the good. it's super cute like sometimes the day ends a lot quicker than other days because things happen um so it's 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 a really really fun groundhog day kind of read that you know just like like when we read in holiday in a holidays it's like oh this is kind of different mm. This is different in the sense of the structure of, of how it really focuses on the on the characters and the family dynamic of of it.
1: Okay, so. yeah, and I've read quite a few of Lindsay Kalk's books. Um, I've read a lot of her I Love series. Um, she does like I Love Paris, I Love London. I read last year I Love Christmas, um, and that was really oh. good. And she just does she just does like as you say just just typical rom coms, but mm-hmm. she's yeah I have enjoyed a lot of her books, so wow. I should definitely check that out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what were some of your other favorites from last year? Oh, so the the Christmas hol- – the holiday swap
1: was mm-hmm. definitely one of mine. I really enjoyed that one. Um, and what else do I so enjoy? I read one called Christmas at Lobster Bay, and that was really Oh, good. I remember you reading and that again, one. Yeah. Again, it was set in Scotland, so – I think I've read quite a few that were set in Scotland last year, <laughs> not, not on purpose, it just ended up that way, I just bought a load, and then, yeah, suddenly you realise, oh, these are, this is Scotland, oh, this one's in Scotland, um, it's just a romantic setting, isn't it, in winter, so, yeah, I, I would agree with
0: that, popular setting. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so those are kind of my main ones from last year,
0: yeah, um, the holiday swap was super, super cute. I mean, you always, yeah. you always hear about stories like, and, you know, you think about if you have a twin, would you ever swap lives with them for a little bit? Or, you know, when you're in school, would you just go to each other's classes and see if the teacher recognizes you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and exactly that's, that. yeah, but that's the the essence of the Christmas swap, which was super cute. Um the other one that I read last year that I really, really liked, there was two, um, was The Christmas Bookshop by Jenny Colgan. Um, that was a super fun one, too, where she nice. goes home and she just kind of, like, starts working in, like, the, the local bookshop to try to help it out a little bit. and um, that's That was a really cute, fun one. And then um, Christmas Every Day by Beth Moran. That was that was a super, mm-hmm. super cute one. A little bit exciting. like the book we're going to talk about in a little bit where she, you know, she moves after, you know, breakup or whatever. She moves into like this little duplex and um, there's all this stuff that needs to be done and trying to figure it out. And um, she becomes a, I think that's the book where she becomes a, a nanny. So it's super, super fun, super cute holiday books. Um, and then of course the I read the Santa Suit. Got to read that by Mary Kay Andrews. <laughs> it, it's really, really short. I think it's up. only about like okay. maybe just over 200 pages. Super short, super quick, super sweet. Um, literally just finished it this past week. So, um, but that's one where I finished it and I'm like. I would love for Hallmark to pick this book up and make it into a Hallmark movie. Like it's just <laughs> perfect little farmhouse setting, and um, just I just absolutely adore it. So okay,
1: I definitely like yeah, I definitely pick that one up. Gonna get it on Kindle though because it's quite pricey on on um, physical.
0: Oh, it must be American. Yeah, probably. Um, I did it as an audio, so <laughs> I have a. Oh, okay. I, I use one of my Audible nice. credits, so um, so that's how I did it. Good was it yeah. good, uh, good narration? Narrator. It was. It was. It was cute, and um, and it, you know, it's always fun when they, you know, and most of the narrators on like the audio books do, but when they are able to change change their inflections and their accents to to distinguish between the characters. Um, Mm. So, I mean, my favorite would obviously be the books where the narration has like multiple people reading to really, you know, change the cast. So, um, but yeah, but that's a whole nother topic for another day. (laughs) We could talk about those.
1: Before we go on to anything else, uh, we do also need to bring up the Goodreads Awards.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Because, I mean, one of the biggest things is that one of the authors that we had on recently is in the Goodreads Award in the final round for voting, um, dun, dun, which dun. is Jason. Jason yes. is in the um, Best Mystery and Thriller? No, it wasn't, was it? It was... Was it horror or mystery? Intro?
0: Um, I think it was horror um, for hidden pictures. Yes, horror. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. And so this episode, if you're listening to this, it's it's um, December 5th, which meant the final round of voting has already closed because it closes mm. on the 4th. Yeah. So... Hopefully you voted and hopefully you voted for Hidden Pictures um which is such a fantastic creative book. Just absolutely Definitely. loved it. Um but yeah, so there's some yeah. um yeah, there's some really good books that are up
1: um mm, 100%. There are some really good ones this year. Um, and I don't know if you keep track of the Waterstones book of the year. Uh It's the UK thing that just mm-hmm. came that has just been announced recently. So the book of the year, I don't know the The story of art without men by Katie Hessel. Never heard of it. Never uh, heard of it. Uh, the, I, um, but the author of the year is um, Bonnie Garmus, who wrote Lessons in Chemistry and I loved that
0: book oh. it was such a good book and that's up really for I think good. two award, two Year awards because I think it's up for debut yeah. and then was it historical fiction I've never I haven't read it so
1: um oh, it's so good I it's a really good book definitely recommend it um it's very because it's, it's all about kind of this female um the sort of main character is a female it's about her kind of fight to succeed in within chemistry without within the science industry back in the sixties mm-hmm, so when mm-hmm. it was very male dominated um really really interesting read I think it might be historical fiction, I think you might be right yeah, it is it's in historical fiction
0: well, and um so barnes and noble, which is all, like in America that's one of our biggest yeah. um, booksellers kind of like Waterstones is um, it's Lessons in Chemistry is their book of the year for 2022. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, so, nice. and I think we've talked about this and we may have even looked it up on whether or not Barnes and Noble and Waterstones are owned by like the same overarching company, but I, I think mm-hmm. they're, I don't think they are, but. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so, um, and we know that um, book of the month that kind of book subscription, they release their um, book of the year, which is tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow by Gabrielle. Yeah, that, yeah. So, ex- good choice. Uh-huh. Good choice. Exactly. So. <laughs> Uh so yeah so and i mean bo- uh, well Barnes and Noble does two books of the year they do the 2022 Barnes and Noble book of the year and then they do the 2022 Barnes and Noble speculative fiction book award and that one for 2022 is Babel and i know you read Babel
1: nice oh, yeah loved it that so, was so, yeah another one that i really really enjoyed yeah what exactly i never understood speculative fiction what exactly is um well we could speculate <laughs> i'm guessing it's because fiction is is kind of speculative anyway because fiction isn't real so,
0: so speculative fiction that? i have a definition for everybody <laughs> it is a genre of fiction that encompasses works in which the setting is other than the real world involving supernatural futuristic or other imagined elements
1: so basically fantasy kind of thing, just basically set in a...
0: Yeah, or like realistic fantasy, um, so where it could be set in the real world, but have those supernatural elements. So for example, um, last, okay, okay, um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: last year's Barnes & Noble Book Awards were, um, the book of the year was Lyrics by Paul McCartney. That was the book of the yeah. year.
1: Do you know what Waterstones? It was it was as well. Which do you remember? We had this conversation. Yeah, it's
0: not a real book. It wasn't a proper book. Right. Exactly. Ah. But the 2021 speculative fiction book of the year last year was under the whispering door. That's a good book. Yeah, that was a great book. Which now knowing <laughs> what speculative fiction is makes sense because that book was yeah. set in real world, in like the it real was. World, yeah. But it was very much. Having those sense. fantastical elements to it with the house and the ghosts and things, so yeah. So, so here's a question. Yeah. Here's a
1: question. Looking ahead to next year. Obviously, this year we've been doing 12 for 2022. I have seen that some people are already starting to ask for recomm- recommendations for next year. So, are you going to be doing that? Will you be doing another challenge?
0: I will. I I will be nice. doing another 12 of 12. <sighs> um, are you?
1: I'm, oh yeah, they definitely. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna still read the five. I think I've got about five or six I haven't read from this year, so I'm gonna add those as well. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read those next year. Um, yeah, it means I get to think about my recommendation for you.
0: <laughs> I, know. Um, I, think I know. I think I know. I think I know. <laughs> well, your recommendation for for this year's twelve of twelve for me was Hamnet and i'm yep. currently reading it right now so Yay. um so we'll see i know that i uh I, I don't really plan a lot of my books in advance as far as what i read because uh, i'm more of a mood reader but i am going to read this month my one of my goals is to read oh, um nice. a man yeah a man called ov because it's a, it's being released as a movie in january um but they, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be called a man called Otto, not a man called Ov. So I think they've kind of have adapted it to be, I don't know, but I don't know why they changed the name. So, but it's based on this book. So,
1: I've Apparently had enough. You men- you're mentioning about um, how you're currently reading my, my recommendation. Uh, your recommendation for me for this year was Anxious People, which I um, read this year. So I've read literally like last month.
0: And you liked it, right? no, mm, like it was really good. Yeah. Really, really good. And it was one of the, it was one of those books that's unique because it's written in second person. It's like really written like oh. they're they're talking to you.
1: It's so relatable. So you think about when you're reading it, it really does feel like they're talking directly to you. Mm-hmm. Second the second person could be so difficult to write about. But the fact that you could really kind of relate to them and it really kind of it was emotional and the whole scene setting that no, it was it's very different from mm-hmm. what what we've kind of read recently yeah. just because it is so much more realistic and relatable and just yeah uh, I'm
0: not gonna I'm gonna keep saying relatable, but <laughs> you know what I mean um But But I think it's just so fitting because we live in a society right now that is so, so stressful Mm -hmm. and everyone seems to have some degree of anxiety. And so it's just like, even though we wouldn't all do what happened in the book, (laughs) I think we could all kind of relate a little bit to to the feelings of the characters in the book. So, um, all right. So let's wrap up this segment so that we can get ready to welcome our book club in. So um, as always, an update on the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> Liz, you and I talked about this before we started recording. Uh, once again, you know, Coho, you know, rules the roost. Um, it starts with us is still number one. It's been number one since it was released back in October, um, six weeks ago. It just it's not budging. I think someone super glued it in that spot. Um, <laughs> also not a surprise that she dominates the top five. Um, so she's number one, and then she is number three and number four with It Ends with Us and Verity in that order. So um, and. Still remaining, hanging on, clutching with a, you know, their, you know, their, their little fingernails, is at number five, where the crawdads sing. It's, it is 188 weeks on the list. It's moving around a little bit. It's been in that number five slot for a little while, so which is always interesting. That's crazy. So the only new book in the top five this week is Nora Roberts' new book, *The Choice*, um, which came in uh, and, and entered the list at number two. So we'll see if it can kind of. <laughs> Hold on. Pretty impressive by itself, isn't it? Pretty yep.
1: impressive that Nora managed to squeeze right in between Koho for those, um, for that second position. I want to see some Christmas books up there, though. I know. I mean, it's December, people. It's December.
0: Well, now you know. This, this, <laughs> these books were based on so it's like it's like a week behind so these are kind of based on last week's books because the book releases are on like tuesdays typically so then they have to wait for the full week to happen before the they can release it so now that we're fully into december and with how the books so i'm whole i I agree i'm hoping that some of these (laughs) holiday books are going to start um but remember this is the combined um print and ebook so some of our christmas books that we love so much don't come out in hardback um they only come out in paperback so some of the bigger and bigger more popular books that come out in hardback might do better and because now they're in like hard you know whatever i don't know We'd, that would be kind of a good <laughs> a good research project for us. Um, but we always kind of like to also mention where the young adult uh, list looks um, right now. Number one is the first to, to the first to die at the end by Adam Silvera. Um, it's it's been up and down. It, it entered the the list eight weeks ago and it's been up and down um, in the okay. top like within the, like the top three. Uh, but it's currently sitting back pretty at number one right now. So that's our New York Times bestseller list. So then, Liz, wrap us up with telling us a couple things that um, should be on our radar that's being released this month.
1: Yep, so we've got a few coming out this month. Uh, we've got The Light Pirate by Lily Brooks Dalton, and that comes out both in the U.S. and U.K. on December 6th. Uh, then we've got Twice in a Lifetime by Melissa Barron. This one comes out 6th of December for US, but UK is 22nd of December, mm. so you've got to wait the next for like few weeks.
0: So I'll um, try. I'll try not to read it and spoil it for you then. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think me to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this one, which um, we've actually we were discussing just before the. The podcast because um, it's one that's kind of struck our fancy is The Den by Cara Reynard and that comes out on the 13th of December. Yeah. So yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. So
0: awesome. Can't read. Wait to read some of these things and especially some of our our Christmas books that are on our list so that kind of wraps up this part we are going to take a quick break and then we will be back and um, Stephanie is going to join us again Jen won't be with us this week um, but we will have Jen and we are going to dive deep into Just Like Magic we'll be right back and welcome back. So apparently I'm still really confused on Jen versus Jen versus Jen versus Steph versus Liz versus me. So Jen is not joining us today.
2: Stephanie, hi Stephanie. Hello. Hello.
0: is joining us for our book club discussion of Just Like Magic by Sarah Hogel. Um so all right, well let's just jump into it. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Where do you want to start? It was so cute, it was Liz. Really Liz cute. I think I you know think everything, you everything is cute. I... <laughs> I everything's cute, but it was
1: cute. I mean, you can't say it wasn't cute. It, it was cute.
2: I it think was... Hal was cute, or Hall, or
0: oh yeah. Oh, Hall was so sweet. Hall was adorable. Mm-hmm. I didn't think necessarily that Betty was cute.
1: Oh yeah, she was kind yes. of. I liked her character development though. I liked how, how she grew as it went along. Oh, we haven't done the um, warning, by the way. Guys, if anyone oh, uh, yeah. if anyone's wanting to read this book, don't listen anymore because we will be talking about spoilers. So don't listen to this if you haven't read it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to know exactly what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, No, I really liked how, how Betty developed as it went on. At the beginning, I hated her. She was like your typical kind of... Barbie Barbie doll, kind of materialistic, um, really arrogant and selfish. So I liked that she grew as it went along, all thanks to Hall. Uh Um, And Hall was just so I agree.
2: Hall was great. She was wildly unlikable. Like, it was hard to even kind of read it in the beginning Mm -hmm. because it was just Mm -hmm. like, this is so... Over the top she's just the worst. You yeah. know. I I mean you know she's gotta have a redemption arc, but it was it was hard keeping that in the back of my mind going, Oh, I really, really dislike this girl.
1: I mean she's she's basically a Kardashian.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like she, she even d- name drop some Kardashians <laughs> in there at one point. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah.
0: there was there was there was a lot of like little pop culture um Little like subtleties in there, which is always kind of fun. But yeah, like I, I
2: there couldn't a lot of it.
0: Yeah, I couldn't stand her. And and you know, to the author's credit, I'm like sh- that's I'm sure what the author was going for is you wanted to have this ridiculously unlikable, like the most self-centered, most selfish, most arrogant, like ridiculous mm-hmm. person in the world, to then go through and have this you know like redemption this like character development like she she really truly becomes a completely different person um and one of my one of the things I I enjoyed was when they finally you know when the whole family ended up finally getting together at the house for that week leading up to, to Christmas is all of the the family like the, the the history the family history because you really got to see why they like that family is the way they are and, and really kind of why she became who she was but at the same time by the end you realize all of that was probably completely unnecessary if they really just talked to each other as a
1: family. Yeah. It was nice how as yeah, as you say, kind of the more that she came out of her shell, the more that she had the transformation, others around her also did. Kind of like, especially with Kaya, we saw uh-huh. we saw Kaya come out of her shell a bit more, which is nice. Because I mean, at the beginning, even her her sisters and brothers, they weren't particularly likable. Uh-huh. I mean, Felix was a complete douche. <laughs> um, yep. Kaya, Kaya was like <laughs> a sport brat, and her grandma was just like oh, cringy. Um, but they also all of them kind of developed as they went as we went along, and I really liked that whole kind of. The family dynamic evolving and transforming because of this kind of central person is, I guess, realising just how selfish she's been and how she needs to change. Uh-huh. One of my, do you know, I've got to say one of my favourite pop culture quotes um, that I I'm, I'm made a note of is... Um, as well as this Hall said, the most dire of consequences would await me for even attempting the number one most forbidden thing, which is to bring back the McRib when it isn't in season, such as the corporate might of the Golden Arches. <laughs> that,
0: that yes, that, that is was, that was so, so funny. funny. It's so funny. <laughs> so um, funny. but yeah, and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, it, and it, it's, um, you know, with, the yeah, like you said, like all the characters kind of evolved a little bit. You know, Felix was like such a, you know, like player and all his wives and all his baby mamas and yeah. um and everything. But you know, one of my favorite characters was Mary Lou, his his current oh wife. My. I thought she was oh, absolutely yeah. hysterical. And the whole scene with Did um you? <laughs> with the duel and Jake, and it's like <laughs> it was so funny.
2: That's that was so one of my amazing. favorite parts of the book for sure. I love that. That was so great. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so good thing she has the ability. Was, I really enjoyed that with her because it was like just playing that slow game. Mm-hmm. Mm. And she was just so
0: like you know not really like getting like emotional about it. She was so calm and she was just like, You're gonna duel. Yeah. And they're like, What? No, you're gonna duel. Go duel. And and if you lose, I'm leaving you. It's just so nonchalant about the whole thing. And then like it it was just so funny. And so good thing that um, you know, Betty had her wishes because <laughs> that was kinda of a little crazy. Yeah. Well. <laughs> When he chopped off the arm, I
2: was like, Whoa. "Yes, yeah." We suddenly like changed genres there. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that was a surprise for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then when she's like trying to like push the arm back up onto like the 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 shoulder, like <laughs> that's not how reattachment works. Sorry. <laughs> oh but so fun um but hall hall was hall was great he was super cute you know it it was you know and i like talking about pop culture i think it was so funny the um the fact that it was mariah carey's all i want for christmas song because we you know everyone knows that's a that's a huge song um but but it was but it was just so funny because it's like it had to be played backwards and it had to be at this time of day and it had to be this in this circumstance and this to get this <laughs> holiday spirit to appear but hollow was just, he was just it, it's it's almost like um seeing christmas again through like the eyes of a child but but someone who could actually articulate how they feel about the about the season and the magic of it and the, like just how how wonderful and how precious all of those opportunities are during the holidays with family with the you know the environments and i was going to say how magical it is with snow but not everybody gets snow for the holidays which you know <laughs> i for one don't get snow for the holidays and it it, it sucks but you know whatever no i like i thought kind of of...
2: that he really go
1: ahead oh don't worry you go there's a there's a delay this end don't worry you go
2: um, I really thought that he had a lot of energy. Like, he reminded me of Buddy the Elf. <laughs> he's first in New York City. Yeah. Oh, and goodness. he was like, everything is just like sensory <clears throat> overload. And he's like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Have you seen a dog? Have you, Like, you know, he's just so excited <laughs> yeah. to be. And it was like a 12 all the time. And that's mm. that super hyped up energy is exactly what it reminded me of.
0: And how excited mm-hmm. he was at Cracker Barrel. is
1: that a,
3: a
0: chain that uh, yeah so Cracker Barrel it's kind of a it's it's like a like a home cooking kind of like restaurant like um okay. it's it, it it it's literally exactly how they describe it in the book it's like you know almost like this wooden <laughs> restaurant where it has this big They have, they all have porches and they all have rocking chairs. So while you're waiting for a table, you can sit on on the porch on the rocking chair. It has like an old country (laughs) store, um, that you can walk around while you're waiting for a table. But then it's like all of those classic home cooking comfort foods, um, that they, that they serve. And so it's just, Mm. it was, it's probably more, more kind of hilarious for, for Steph and I because Yeah, we've been to Cracker Barrel's and we've eaten there. (laughs) Um, I can understand, like, if you're not familiar with Cracker Barrel, you know, if they don't have them over in England, then, yeah, it would be like just another restaurant. But think of one of those, like, just kind of old fashioned country store kind Mm. of restaurants. Um, And that's yeah, it was just so funny how he just reacted (laughs) like it was like the best
2: place ever. (laughs) But I understand that we don't have Cracker Barrel here. Really? So when I go to Arizona, like I'm familiar with Cracker Barrel from when I used to live on the East Coast, mm. but we don't have them here. So it is exciting when I, we go to Tucson and it's like, oh, there's a Cracker Barrel. It's not anything super fancy. No. It's just like their food is good and it's this experience. Yeah. So I, I totally okay. understood his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. <clears throat> No, I really liked, I had, as you say, the
1: almost like the innocence that he had. But as time went on, how he became more human and he mm-hmm. had more human traits and characteristics um, and how that really kind of changed who he was as a person. I really liked that. Kind of like the longer he was in the human world, the more he was almost absorbing not just the holiday spirit, but also all these human personalities and human traits.
0: Yeah, and he even... Um... You know, even listening to him when he was when he was talking to Betty about when he was struggling with his feelings because they were you know new to him mm. and not really knowing how how to process through them. And it's and it's funny because um I loved I loved um Hall as the, like the story you know started and as it progressed and I hated Betty as the story started and progressed and by the end of the story like you know. I I, I liked Betty much more, like, when she actually started, like, you know, being who she really truly was, but then I, like, I lost some of the magic for Hall, because the more human he became, the more kind of mellowed out he became, and one of the things that I loved so much about him was his, like like Steph said, like his, his going at 12 in the holiday spirit. Yeah. Um, and I get why he came down. Things. Yeah. And, and I get that it because the emotion and he knew he was getting like the closer he got to knowing when he was going to have to leave, you know, his connection to Betty. And, and I understand that. And I get that, but it made me just not, I just wasn't as connected with him and as yeah. he became more human as I was connected to him when he was the spirit.
2: Yeah, and I agree with that, too. What else? What did you guys think was the most, like, over-the-top thing that Betty did? For (laughs) me, it was the hot air balloon. (laughs) I did did
0: enjoy the fact that she had to keep redoing her entrance. Like, none of her entrance, like, she had to keep up, you know... One upping herself to redo that entrance. Yeah. Um, I definitely that. I also think the whole yacht thing that ended up in the in the yacht in the mountains. Um, <clears throat> I think that yeah, was amal a little... Clooney's. Yeah. yeah
1: and uh, amal Clooney's wedding uh, engagement ring. Yeah. That was pretty extreme. Yes. Uh,
0: you know, <laughs> and just in her desire, like. to to get revenge, and her long list of people she wanted revenge on, and, you know, putting animals in people's apartments, and, you know, um, it was just, you know, it's almost like everything she did was too extravagant, but definitely her one-upping her entrance over and over and over and over again, and then, um, you know, wanting all of these things like the yacht, but on the same token, I thought it was really funny how how, um, Hall kind of Modified and adapted some of those things that she wanted. Like she wanted that that beach mansion, off stuff, and instead she got like this, this gingerbread <laughs> townhouse thing. Which so sounds
2: adorable.
0: <laughs> it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Yeah, no,
2: that
1: was nice. And um, I think just from pretty much from the start, you got a, a good idea of what she was like. As soon as he came and kind of said you have wishes and things that she wished for straight away was just material things Mm -hmm. it was just kind of it wasn't anything particularly meaningful it was just stuff so that kind of set the tone straight away of what she who she was as a person yeah and what she was really like
0: Because she had to be better than everybody. She wanted what everybody else had because nobody. She didn't want to be one upped by anybody. Mm. Um, It was just, it was, it was ridiculous. And like even her initial reaction to Hull's huge, like, here's my huge list of things that we've got to do over over the holiday while we're with your family. We're going to do all of these things. And at the beginning, she wanted no part of it um, at all. And then, Definitely. yeah. I felt
2: bad about that.
0: About that she didn't want to do it or for yeah, Hall? Yeah, it was
2: just kind of, like, sad for Hall, you know? Like, he's so excited and he's like this little puppy of Christmas uh-huh. happiness. And she's like, or you could ruin everyone's lap. <laughs> Let's get revenge. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think it is also quite indicative of kind of, it's almost like a life lesson as well of how bad social media can change you uh-huh. if you kind of, if you become too obsessive and too kind of spending all your time on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cause she even makes that point at the end of the book when she, you know, deactivates yeah. a lot of her, um, a lot of her social media and then she turns her Instagram, you know, you know, makes it a private account and all of those oh, things yeah. because she makes that comment about um, like, the you know approval of people on social media doesn't replace your self esteem. Like um, mm-hmm. you know you can't pull that that self esteem, self love, self you know confidence, peace from other people's um, you know approval of you on social media because we all know living in the social media world that. You only see what people want you to see. And even oh, yeah. with the pictures, yeah. like the captions that go with the pictures are also what the people want you to think is happening. Like, you yeah, know, it's... 100%. So, but it is good that she... That was a huge milestone, I think, in her character development yeah. to make that realization that she she needed to focus more on her and this, the selflessness and like starting off all those auctions and everything yeah. to get rid of some of the materialistic things.
1: So I think that was, yeah, that was kind of quite a big life lesson in the book, as well as kind of the importance of self-worth and of kind of, as you say, like respecting and appreciating yourself rather than getting kind of love from other people in order to be verified almost.
0: Um, The two characters that I think kind of got hidden, well, first of all, I love all the kids. I at first I I felt that she kept that changing sweet. the names of the kids like she just there's so many of them with strange names that she just kept making names up um so I thought the kids were hilarious um but you know you have the four kids Betty and her and her three siblings you have um Felix's, Felix's wife ends up coming and all of their kids. And then you have Athena and her husband, Sean, and all their kids. Kaya is by herself. But then you have mom and dad, and then you have grandma and grandpa. I really feel, and I would like to hear your thoughts, the mom and dad are almost non-essential for the majority of that book because the majority of the book focuses on the, like um, on Betty and her siblings and then Grandma, because she's she's kind of like the, the queen of the family, that monarch who, you know, it's Betty's <laughs> namesake. She's like this well-known celebrity who's won awards for her movies and, you know, kind of what everybody is basing their own importance off of. And then you have Grandpa, who is the complete opposite of the spectrum from Grandma, um, who... They seem to be, they overshadow mom and dad completely. And mom and dad become that non-issue until the end when, you know, Betty's in her yeah. self-discovery stage once Hall disappears. What are your thoughts about grandma think, and grandpa?
1: I think the whole parents not being present at the beginning was very reflective of the way that Betty was because of the fact that when, she, when Betty was her kind of original self, she didn't care about anyone else. She didn't really, I mean, she didn't even go to her parents for Thanksgiving, which I'm guessing is potentially quite a big thing over there for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. so I think it was almost reflective of Betty um, that they weren't present until she kind of started seeing the value in in things again, like family and time um, rather than material things. Uh, what do you think, Steph?
2: Well, I think too that, you know, from the very beginning when she's t- talking about like, needing to have gifts that, you know, overshadow everyone else's gifts and always mm-hmm. one-upping her siblings, like, I think that her focus was more on her siblings than her parents, kind of like what you're saying, Liz, because I don't, they're not really impressed by it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, like her yeah. dad
2: just seems annoyed the whole time <laughs> by all of them and the different, like, material ways that they act out and the way that they treat each other and mom seems like she is genuinely like sweet and kind of trying to maintain this more normal family persona while everyone else is going crazy mm. and and so I, I do think that they kind of were a non-entity for a lot of the book because they weren't the ones that needed the attitude change right mm-hmm. like it was everybody else yeah. that needed to figure out that all the shiny things in the movies and all mm-hmm. the the different accolades that they gave each other weren't really what mattered. Um, I never really kind of figured out the dad. Like I kind of felt like he was mm-hmm. a little bit of an outlier that was just grumpy a lot. And he mm-hmm. was less grumpy by the end. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that that was kind of unnecessary because they really, really didn't flow with the rest of the story.
1: Yeah.
2: But I loved grandpa. Oh. I Grandpa's loved so sweet. I yeah.
0: Know. And I mean with the free with the free <laughs> with the free, de- free delivery and
1: free uh, tire change service.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because I think it's like, you know, um when you think of like grandparents, it's like I he is like that perfect stereotype of a grandfather that you would want because, you know, mm-hmm no matter what you try to hide from, you know, from grandpa, he's going to know, like he knew she was in town and he knew she was struggling. And, you know, he kept like every, you know, when he would walk past her, he'd like push a $20 bill into her hand. And, you know, she, she, and, and here she is thinking that she's pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and nobody knows she's been in, you know, in town for like a couple months. And, but, you know, when, but when you think about it in a small town, how would her grandparents not have heard? And then a, You know, the grandfather who is so loving and so caring and so compassionate, not want to take care of her, but respectful enough to know, okay, if she hasn't told us she's been here, she doesn't want us to know. So I'm not going to throw her under the bus and make her expose herself, but I know she's in trouble and I'm still going to take care of her like melt my heart like you know yeah. there's just something about grandpas like you know I loved 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 my grandfather I grew up really close to him um same town like walking distance to his to their to my grandma and grandpa's house um and you know I was devastated he passed away when I was in high school and I was like devastated when he passed away and because he he would have been that kind of grandfather like you know, even now as an adult, he would have been the grandfather that that was in this book. And it's just like, oh, uh, that just makes my heart warm.
1: That's really cute. I mean, other than the grandpa, which characters did you find? Were there any particular that you found you warmed to as the book went along? Because, I mean, I don't know about you guys. For me, it was actually Kaya. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that at the beginning, she was, yeah, she came across as like a spoiled brat and typical kind of younger child um, kind of mentality. And as we went along in the story, it really felt that, that her emotions came out more. She, she was obviously really into songwriting and you found out that she actually would, had a lot of feelings for this girl uh-huh. and that she just would doesn't want to go back and kind of doesn't want to tell her. And then obviously she's about to, was it swords, isn't it? She's going to, she's going to, um, craft some more,
0: like the being, like the, a, the black blacksmith stuff. Gimmick.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I just thought that she really kind of developed as a person as well. Um, at the same time as Bessie. And she was one of the ones that I kind of, being the youngest out of five kids, <laughs> um, kind of related to. And yeah, she really kind of grew on me.
2: I would agree with that. I thought that she had the most character development after Betty mm. and was definitely the most likable of the siblings. Mm-hmm. Like the other, mm-hmm. the other siblings had a change of heart a little bit and they were more supportive of each other, but I felt like <clears throat> she was still the most genuine one. And yeah. I would have liked to know what happened with her and Courtney.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely. Yeah, I still don't
1: like Flip Felix. Just, <laughs> just no. Just, no.
0: And and I don't think you're supposed to. I you know he no. he really was that character who, um, and, and just like and and Grandma she Grandma Betty she never changed. She was a pretty static character. Like this this is yeah. this is who I am, and people are going to have to like put up with me. And um, so like yeah, so Felix I don't think was mm. I, he changed a little bit because I do think that he. Began to respect his 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 marriage and what he had with Mary Lou a little bit better at the end, um, mm-hmm. because at the beginning like he clearly wasn't you know he was doing you know communicating on social media when he shouldn't have been and you know and again he thought he was sneaky and was able to get away with it and here comes Mary Lou and she's like dude I'm not an idiot um I do like Kaya I like Kaya a lot um you know. I perceived her coming in as the um, kind of like the outcast of the siblings. She kind of just Mm -hmm. kept, kept quiet, kept to herself, you know, um, didn't really necessarily engage a lot in Felix and Betty and Athena's like banter with each other and their competition with each other. She was much more consent just to kind of be in her little haze of music and, um, you know, pot or whatever um like a true Mm. (laughs) like the little magician or um um, musician she was but i but i loved (laughs) her character and i think that she she had a lot of self self self-doubt and self-esteem and self-confidence issues um which is why she kept breaking off her relationships when they finally got to a point where she thought they were getting serious and you know when she talked about courtney and ending that relationship you know, it's it's like she got scared. She doesn't want to get hurt, so she'd mm-hmm. rather end things before she put herself in a position to get hurt, but then, you know, whenever you're in a relationship and love someone and are with someone, you you know, of course you're going to open yourself up to being hurt, but you got to believe in those feelings, and I think that's an area where she, you know, she did evolve because she, you know, began to, to trust she trusted Courtney. She trusted their, their relationship. And I agree. I would love to see kind of how that how that evolved and how that ended.
1: I think also the reason probably yeah. why she struggled committing is because, of, I mean, think about she has her brother. So <laughs> usually you look up to brothers and think about his relationships. He's, he's had several marriages, which have all failed. Mm-hmm. And five kids, wasn't it now? Five kids and one on the way or something crazy like that? I think so.
0: Yeah, cuz they had they had um, so, Adrian, baby Adrian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yes, he's not exactly the best role model mm. when it comes to relationships and perhaps that's kind of stunted her almost like emotional maturity and like the ability to to kind of consider commitment more.
2: I think she's probably well. <laughs> really perceptive too mm. of the struggle the struggles mm. of her siblings. And like can see like, I don't necessarily want to make their mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that too because she
0: grew up watching them, you know, she's, she, she's watching them try to outdo each other. And like, you think about even just the idea that Betty might be making a movie was enough to set Felix off. And, you know, it's like, how dare you do (laughs) anything that could potentially be outdoing me and what I do. Um, so yeah, so definitely a definite um, character-driven book, 100% mm-hmm. based on the characters and their unique, you know, flaws. Because they were all flawed characters, and they're still flawed characters yeah. at the end. But the majority of them have definitely gone through a lot of of growth throughout um mm-hmm. one of the little side things i thought was really sweet was um the little mini the mini teller city that grandpa made in the basement <gasps> oh that's adorable thoughts on that
1: yeah that was really sweet especially when hall made it bigger as well so you could <laughs> actually go into it i was like oh what that's really cool <laughs> i think it's, it, it I, tells a, it oh, sorry <laughs>
2: I wish um, that we had seen Hall's reaction to it the first time he saw it. Oh. Cause I yeah, think he would have yeah. been just so mesmerized.
1: He would have loved it.
0: Yeah. He would have. He, you know, you think about how, how he was every time he saw something new and for the first time and just again through the eyes of like a child. Um, yeah, it's probably super magical. But I thought it was so cute that that's kind of where he started going when he was beginning to be overwhelmed with his emotions. Mm. Yeah, it was so cute. It is is it.
1: It is interesting, though, that the granddad doesn't take the grandchildren down there. Because remember, they said that he's basically on his own down there mm-hmm. most of the time, working away on his trains. It's like, your grandchildren would love this.
0: Maybe because they're who their parents are. <laughs> Maybe he can't trust them.
1: <laughs> Maybe. I suppose it's they did seem tolerating. a bit out of control. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally okay. out of control. Um, I would have loved a train set like that. That sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, the whole thing sounds amazing. Because when they were first describing it, I was thinking of, like, literally, like, a mini, like, on a table, like the little mini mm. city. And then when I realized it was more of, like, child-sized buildings that took me yeah. like i was like oh like he could char- I mean, open it up and charge uh, admission to the community for kids to come to this little play area <clears> i didn't know if there was kids big that, that in that basement? Basement. yeah exactly well, yeah Good point. probably big because they described the house as being pretty big and up on that that hill so i'm i'm sure that the basement was huge
1: I mean, it was big enough to block out most of the town so the snow wouldn't melt.
0: (laughs) It was pretty big. That is very true. That is pretty crazy. Um, So overall, what what do you think? What are your overall thoughts of the book? Well, hang on. Before we get there, let's talk about the end of the book, how it ended, Um, because, you know, hall is a holiday spirit he was only there to help her you know get into the holiday spirit and once she got her spirit lifted on her on the little scale he went away obviously we know the predictable ending it's a it's a it's a romance so um we know he he comes back but what did you what did you think going into the end of the book you know were you surprised were you happy um stuff what are you what are your thoughts on like the actual ending of the book
2: Um, I liked the ending, which surprised me a little bit. When he, when she originally conjures him with the record, I was like, this is the cheesiest thing I've ever heard of. Like, play Mariah Carey backwards, and this magical boyfriend appears. But then when she does it again on New Year's Eve, and, like, gets the operator, I was like, ooh, that's clever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why I went from cheesy to clever, but I, I was okay that. with it at that point. Um, and then... When the Halloween Hall showed up, I was like, "No, no, it's ruined." <laughs> so that I was far more invested in the ending than I really thought that I would be, because it's kind of predictable and like you knew that you, you like you said, you knew that they were eventually gonna yeah. get back together. That's why these types of stories are told, right? Mm-hmm. There. They're comfy, adorable rom-coms like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about, like, the process it took for him to come back. Like, uh-huh. that he was, like, first in the mirror, and then she kind of, like, well, she hurt him, and then he was in the mirror, and then he was a mist, and then finally he was a person. Like, that was kind of odd to me, just because it didn't match the way he showed up before, and... Didn't seem like it would be necessary to become a person. Like you think he would just like suddenly be a real boy. But <laughs> I, I did overall. I was very happy with with how it ended and and that he came back and um I love that he's a horrible ice skater. Like I can just picture him like floundering on the ice and it's just the cutest thing in my brain. Mm-hmm. I think he's by far just the cutest Christmas character I've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Liz, what do you think about the ending?
1: No, I I really liked it. As yeah, I completely agree with Steph on everything. So that process was really strange how he came back. It was kind of the way that they described it just sounds, sounded so weird. Um yeah. But no, I thought it was I loved the whole, yeah, as you say, the Halloween spirit coming and the whole Yeah, the old Lang Syne song playing to bring the operator out. That was really clever. Um, and then obviously we had a bit of the insight about what happens afterwards. And just like you, I imagine Bambi on the ice when he was uh-huh. talking about it. I imagine Bam- Bambi on uh-huh. the ice with just like <laughs> legs going everywhere. Um, no, it was really sweet. And, and yeah, I completely agree about, about the main character, well, about the, uh, about Hall. Hall was just a really sweet kind of, just sweet innocent character. You can't really say many characters are innocent in a Christmas book
3: uh-huh.
1: because most of them have lived. But this one technically has never lived until now.
2: Yeah,
1: right. So yeah, no, I really liked it. How about you, Holly? What did you think about the ending?
0: I liked it. And I think, kind of like what you guys have already said, I think the, the whole you know record and getting the operator i think it kind of just pulled the whole thing full circle um because it's like the beginning was just so random with with that and to think that that's what it was going to take the same thing that got him there was going to be what it took to get him back um because she never really thought that that you know, she wasn't really thinking about it, um, you know, except with the idea of playing Mariah Carey's record again and then just doing it over and over and trying to bring him back and not realizing that it was it, it might be like a different song for a different holiday. And um, and I so I, I do really like the interaction she had with the operator. I thought that was that was pretty comical um and again yeah the the halloween coming was was fun and and just his reactions like is there a cemetery nearby and um just kind of <laughs> like the, the, the fun the fun aspects of just you know really kind of capitalizing on the fun of the different holidays um and um, but yeah i agree um with him coming back was it seemed a lot more difficult than it probably should be but on the other side of it i will say he when he came initially he came as a spirit just a spirit that was in human form that was never his true form because we know that when he comes back at the end there are some subtle differences um, between the hall as a spirit and the yeah. hall as a human so and it even talked about we learned that you know you know he kind of lost his magic and and all of this stuff. So I feel like the process that he had to go through with like, you know, just he was still a spirit when he was kind of like talking to her and, you know, when he was kind of like supporting her on the ice and those kind of sweet little things. But then like when he became like part of the mirror and then the mist and then taking form, I really feel that that almost was important to be able to separate His like metamorphosis almost from being a spirit Mm. who just took a human form to losing the spirit aspects of him to become mortal and to really become a true human because he no longer has the power to just poof, I'm going to be in a human body. It's I got to evolve into a human. Um, And I I almost think it was that evolution metamorphosis to go from spirit to human, because now that he's human um, and he's there with her, he can't ever go back to being the spirit. So that was kind of my thoughts on that. But I loved the ending. I thought it did. It gave such good closure, wrapped it up. um, You know, it was super fun. So then overall thoughts on the book, final opinions of the book. Do you recommend the book? What do you think? Liz, we'll go with you first.
1: I thought, I mean, for me, it was the, my first Christmas book of the year. And I thought it was a really nice way of starting it because it kind of had a bit of obviously say pop culture, romance. And you had obviously the annoyance at the beginning of the, <laughs> the Barbie girl and the transformation. So you had a bit of everything, really. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Okay. Steph, how
2: were you? Um, I think I would if that was, if if what you're looking for is that kind of story. Like, this is, I would say it's not traditionally the type of book that I would read. Um, I mean, I enjoy a good, like, romantic comedy, but it, mm. the beginning was hard for me. Yeah. Like, the intentionally annoying, dislikable character made it hard for me to get into. You know that you're going into it with, like, it's going to be a a happy romantic story and it's going to work out like then I think that yeah I would recommend it to people I, I think overall it was good the end really made it for me I did like how it all yeah. wrapped up um, I thought a lot about Jen's review that she had posted on Instagram when I was reading it because she put it down I think twice before she was finally able to finish it because of how much she okay. didn't like Betty uh-huh. and I was like okay I get that like I could mm. see not being super invested in it but overall I thought it was really fun
0: and you know, and it's it's funny that you bring up like like Jen's review. She's not the only one who really struggled. I've seen a, a several reviews recently where the people are just they're they're not finishing it. They're just they're they're putting it down yeah. because she is so far over the top. And I think that going into the book, if you don't realize just how far over the top Betty is as a hor- horrible person, you're gonna be like this is not a holiday book. I, you know, I want a holiday book that's going to make yeah. me warm and fuzzy and cozy the whole time through. Um, you know, like a Hallmark movie. This is. This isn't. This isn't that. Like it definitely. No. It, it, it evolves and Betty evolves, yeah. but still, you don't ever really get the full, warm, cozy Hallmark movie really until the very end because even though you get it with 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 Hall you don't get it with Betty they're like they're like they're yeah. traveling they're they're starting at either end it's like the trains train A leaves from the station and train B leaves from another station <laughs> at what point will they cross on the tracks that's that's <laughs> Betty and Hall like they're both traveling in opposite directions she's trying to become kind of a better yeah. person and he's kind of becoming more mellowed and human so it's like (laughs) at what point do they actually cross but they don't actually cross until almost the end of the book and so you go this whole time where like for me when i want to read a holiday you know romance book i kind of want them on the same track on the same train going in the same direction um yeah. so I so I can see why there's it, it's just and I, I think like you said, it's just if you go into it knowing what it is, I think you'll have an easier time finishing it because it is a good story. it it mm. is there's a lot of like redemption, there's a lot of second chance. there's you know a lot of family dynamics and really just learning how to how to communicate and how important communication is in a family. So there's there's so many good aspects of the book. But if you go into it thinking it's it's you know, like in a holidays or holiday swap or one of those like ooh warm, cozy holiday books. Yeah. You're you're gonna be surprised and you may even be disappointed. But it is a good book if you give it a shot. It's just different. Yeah. So that's my overarching. And I, opinion. I, I agree with that agree, completely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, completely agree. All right. So so there you have it, just like magic by Sarah Hogel. So um, if you're looking for something a little unique and a little different, put it on your your to be art or to be read list. Otherwise, we basically just told you the whole book, so now you can just check it off as a book you've read because we just told you all about it. Um, but, but there are lots of little scenes that we didn't talk about um, that are that are super fun. Um, so so give it a shot. So, So, I am going to pass it off to Liz because, Liz, what time is it?
1: It's time for either or. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yay! And because it is December, the month of the Christmas event, we are doing a Christmas special. Of course. Of course. Uh, So, okay. So, should we go Steph, Holly, and then me? Perfect. For the order. Are you guys ready? Ready. Ready. Remember, one answer, no explaining, no mulling, no justifying, no Holly. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, right. So, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Eggnog or
0: mulled wine? Neither. Neither. That is totally my answer too. What? You have to choose one. That's not.
1: It's either or, not either or neither. <laughs> <laughs> Mold
2: wine, if I have to pick.
0: I've never had either. Um. So uh, eggnog, just because it sounds disgusting, and I will try it.
1: Mold wine. <laughs> um, sugar cookies or gingerbread.
2: sugar cookies
0: i love watching (laughs) watching your facial expressions on that one was great (laughs) sugar cookies
1: yeah sugar cookies uh candy canes or chocolate coins
0: chocolate coins candy canes chocolate coins uh
1: a white christmas or a warm sunny christmas white christmas white christmas has to be white Christmas. Uh multicolored lights or white lights? Multicolored lights. Multicolored lights. Yeah, multicolored. Ice skating or sledding? Sledding. Sledding. Yeah, I'd say sledding tea. Uh Christmas caroling or building gingerbread houses?
0: Caroling. Gingerbread houses. Uh, I've never built a
1: gingerbread house. I'm going to say that. Mm.
0: Please tell me that people <laughs> in England build gingerbread houses. This isn't another hay maze kind of. You know.
1: I mean, it's not a common event, but it does. I think it does happen. I think oh. I can, I, we can buy like little gingerbread house sets. And stuff. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, it's allowable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, host the family Christmas or travel for the family Christmas.
2: Host. Travel.
1: I'm going to get haste. And finally, snowball fight or building a snowman?
2: Snowball fight. Snowball fight. How do get a snowman? <laughs> uh, you're a Frosty. Right. Yes,
0: Frosty's lover.
1: Sorry. Right there. That was our final either or of 2022. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy crazy so yeah that that is pretty much it from us um but obviously uh let's quickly do the
2: social stuff uh where can we find you on social media you can find me on instagram at books cats tacos mm, i love it every single time you say it i'm like <laughs> oh, the three best things in the world <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Holly, where can we find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at azdesertbookworm, and then my website is tinyurl.com/desertbookshelf. And Liz.
1: And on Instagram, I am Lizzy's Liz Book, Little Book Nook, and my website is lizzy'slittlebooknook.co.uk. So awesome. that is it for 2022 for, for our
0: podcast. Ah, oh, crazy! We crazy. I, I know. Road. Oh my goodness. Yes. We will be back January 16th for our, obviously, um, our first episode (laughs) of 2023 where we will do um, our year in review again where we get to, you know play judge and jury of all the books we've read this year it's always a fun time um and then our book club we will be back for our next book club episode in march so you'll have to stay tuned and kind of watch out on social media um for what that book is going to be uh, because we have not picked it yet so until then we hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season have fun be safe be merry and we will see you in 2023
2: Bye, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy reading. Merry Christmas.